the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Happy Monday to you. And happy President's Day. And, of course, we celebrate on this program the great presidents, Ronald Wilson Reagan, Donald J. Trump. We'll throw in Washington and Lincoln, too. John Adams. Uh, But uh, topping my list, uh, by the way, of great presidents, Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. Uh, By the way, a new survey is coming out. Everybody's going bonkers over this. You know how these leftists are, these, these libtards. Uh, they they come up with these lists, and uh, the latest uh, from the Los Angeles Times, a failed a failed drive-by media publication. Uh, the latest there is that the worst president of all time is Donald Trump. Are are anybody surprised by this? No, I I'm certainly not surprised by it. Anyway, um, happy President's Day to you. Who is your greatest? Who is your greatest president? Who tops your list? Oh, by the way, this L.A. Times list, they've got Barack Hussein Obama in the top 10, followed by Bill Clinton. So you you kind of know where all of that is going. So anyway, um, over the weekend, late Friday after our show had concluded, this uh, judge out of New York City, Judge Ingeron, this guy's a card-carrying member of the ACLU. He's a smarmy. So well, you know, <laughs> family friendly. Starns keep it family friendly, but he's a sorry so and so. This guy and uh, declared that Donald Trump and his uh, sons Don Jr. Eric owe three hundred and sixty some odd million dollars in fines for a victimless crime. Now keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that the case that uh, Trump was found guilty, and this is a civil fraud trial, and the allegation is that Trump inflated the the prices of his properties, when in fact that is a common practice in the real estate industry. And by the way, a lot of people, a lot of people are very concerned now in New York City because they could become targets of these kinds of um, uh, of, of these kinds of cases. But the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, came out over the weekend, and and I mean this is a big deal, and this is the only reason why the governor came out to say what she said. But Kathy Hochul came out over the weekend, and she said, "No, no, don't worry. There's no because people are literally so concerned at the at we're talking about top executives here, and especially in the real estate industry, 
they're so alarmed by this because this never happened before. I mean, this is a standard practice in the in the real estate in the in the construction business, and they do it all the time. And so now, all of a sudden, uh, people are stepping back and they're saying, "Well, wait a second. If they're if they're going to come after Donald Trump, well, they they could possibly come after me." So people are already talking about packing up and moving out of New York New York City. So much so that Kathy Hochul came out and said, no, 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 don't worry about a thing. No, 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 we're not coming after anybody else. So this was a unique case. What she was saying is, yeah, this was a political case where, you know, we, we know it's not a big deal, but, uh, you know, technically it's a technicality and, uh, you know, we, we had to get Trump. And uh, Letitia, J- oh, I'm sorry, Letitia James, Letitia James, the attorney general, actually campaigned, campaigned on this. We're going to get Trump. I's going to get him. He mine. That's Letitia, pardon me, Letitia James, the attorney general. And she got him. So now Trump, just imagine the craziness of this ruling. Trump and his sons are not even allowed to run their own company for three years. So, look, this is going to get appealed. And, I, look, everybody knows it's going to get appealed. Judge Ingeron knows it's going to get appealed. Everybody knows it. And he's going to lose it. By the way, Ingeron is going to have this verdict overturned because everybody knows it's a load of great A hooey. This is the guy that said Mar-a-Lago is only worth, uh, what, uh, $10, 14000000 million. Uh, these people are not are not decent people. They're very bad, very evil people. So, over the weekend, some truck drivers across America decided that enough is enough. And these truck drivers have decided, and again, this is a grassroots effort. It's not like there's some sort of a of a building, a headquarters. These are just truckers, just red-blooded, flag-waving American patriot truckers. And they're out there, and they're saying, we are going to boycott New York City. That's it. We are done. We are tired of these blue states persecuting and prosecuting Donald Trump. And hear me on this, ladies and gentlemen. This is a persecution of Donald Trump. Do you understand what's going on here? They they are so terrified of this man. And it's not just this man they're terrified. They're terrified of you, the great listeners of this radio show, because you have power. You have power that you may not even realize you have. But they are scared of you because you are men and women of principle. I'll give you a great example. I told you about this um, this bookstore that used to be my favorite bookstore in all of America called Novel Memphis. And we reached out to them. We've sold a lot of books for these people, a lot of books. And um, we wanted to do this. Was This would have been our very first book signing in, uh, in Memphis. After moving back home, and I wanted to honor Novel Memphis by helping them sell a lot of books. I mean, a lot of books. We are, are getting ready to host our big launch party here in Memphis. And we're expecting about, I don't know, 250, 300 people to come out. So you can extrapolate um times two that's a lot of that's a lot of books 
And that's for some bookstores, that is a massive thing that can help carry them through some lean times. We wanted to do something nice. And I wanted to introduce all of my friends, all of my conservative friends and listeners to the to, to the bookstore. They have a great little restaurant there, a cafe. And they said, no, we are not, no, we will not host a book signing for a conservative. Now, I went back and sure enough, um, they, they haven't and they don't. Every left winger on the planet goes there and does a book signing. And by the way, only a, a lot of them don't even have maybe, maybe five or six people show up. It's really sad. So anyway, that's, and and we were trying to negotiate with them and talk with them. We're like, well, wait, what did we do wrong? Well, you just don't sell books. Well, we knew that was not true. And we have the official data, the book scan data to back all of that up. But ultimately, it turned out that they don't like my politics. I spend thousands of dollars. They like my green. They like the money I spend. But finally, I had to say, you know what? I'm going to have to ban you. I'm I'm no longer going. I'm officially boycotting Novel Memphis. And I would incur. And look, and and the the sad thing is this this far leftist bookstore is intolerant. They are they are it. This is the kind of bookstore, Novel Memphis, that they'd have been around in the 1960s. They would have not allowed black people into their bookstore because they're intolerant like that, and that's that's unfortunate. So again, sometimes. When push comes to shove, you just have to say, that's it. We're doing a boycott. And and I'm doing that with this, this leftist bookstore, and they hate conservatives. And now that I know that, fine, I can boycott that bookstore. And the same thing goes for New York City. These truck drivers are out there, and they're saying, well, you know what? Fine. If they're going to persecute Donald John Trump, and by the way, Kudos to Ben Dieter, our morning show host on KWAM, our flagship station of Memphis. But Dieter got it right. He says, Todd, they're not bo- they're- Novel Memphis is not boycotting you. Novel Memphis has a problem with the fact that Donald Trump endorsed your book. And that's true. That's a great point. So these truck drivers are standing up and they're saying, fine, fine. You want to play that game? Well, guess what, New York City? Two can play at that game. Good luck, good luck getting whatever. What is it they? Good luck getting your rutabagas and your um, the, your bagels, because we are done. No more deliveries for you. When you go down to your health store and your juice bar, and you try to get those liquefied lawn clippings, you better bring your own grass because there's not going to be any there. No more deliveries. That's it. So these truck drivers, this is brilliant stuff. So these truck drivers are saying, we're not delivering. And by the way, there's no coordinated thing here. It's all grassroots. But they are now refusing any deliveries, any loads into or out of the Big Apple. And I'm telling you, folks, very soon, very soon, the shelves are going to start going bare. They're not even going to be able to have gasoline. I mean, if if this goes the way I think it's going to go. But I think this is a brilliant strategy. These blue states are going to persecute President Trump for being a great American patriot. Fine. Screw you. We will take matters into our own hands. Cut number 11. All right. I just received a call. 
company that I was getting a load from, and they just said they don't have any loads going to New York. So if you're in New York, you won't be receiving anything from these drivers. I don't know if it's real, but I know that the companies are now saying that they're not delivering loads. It's not just the truckers. It's the companies also. Get yourself prepared, New York. I may hit the fan in the next couple of days. Oh, the poop is hitting the fan. I'm telling you, folks, this is a great thing. We have so many truckers that are now uh, hopping on social media, announcing that they have joined this band. And here's, here's what we can do about it. As much as you may love the Big Apple, and you may want to take your family on a vacation. Well, first of all, it's too dangerous. It, it, it's, it's dangerous. By the way, and we're going to get into this a little bit later on, but these illegals that are coming across the border, the, the young men of military age, many of them are members of these violent gangs, these South American gangs, and we are already just starting. We are already starting to see an uptick in heinous violence across this country, and it is all tied right back to what's been coming across that border. So all, I'm telling you, it's just first of all, it is not safe in in New York City right now. It's just not even in the tourist and especially in the tourist areas. That being said, why can't we join the boycott? Why can't we as as American citizens? Join the trucker boycott of New York City. Why can't we say, you know what? That's it. Uh, we're not. We're not going there anymore. We're not going to go to the Broadway shows. We're not going to go eat at I don't know Junior's Deli. I Todd Starnes is swearing off New York cheesecake and bagels. No more New York bagels. No more cheesecakes. Nothing. Well, what, Dylan? No, no, Dylan. I, really, even. Even the pastrami? No, come on, Dylan. All right, all right, fine. Even no more pastrami. I am swearing up pastrami and the delicious brisket from the Jewish delis. Because we have a country to save, ladies and gentlemen, and we cannot save that country if we are still stuffing our faces with pastrami on rye. We've got a boycott. I love this. All right, we're going to open up the phone lines here. What do you think about these truckers who are saying, we're done, we're through, no more deliveries to New York City. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for your continued support. And to thank you, they have an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use the promo code STARNS and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived. Won't last long, folks. Get a six-pack towel set for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels. They absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, so much more. To get the best offers ever, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STARNS or call 800-839-8506 and get free shipping on your entire order while supplies last. 
Draw me or give me death. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Happy to have you with us. So these MAGA truckers, and we're talking maybe hundreds, could be thousands. We don't know because, again, it's a grassroots effort. So we would love to hear from you. You think this is a good idea to deny New Yorkers their pastrami and their bagels? And the way I see it, if President Trump has to suffer great injustices, so should the people of New York City. Uh, let's go to the phone lines here, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Bill in Georgia, starting off our day. Hi, Bill. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd. Yeah, I've been telling my son and I own a small truck company. Now, we're private owner-operators, so the corporate ones obviously tougher to do this with because they have their marching orders. A lot of them are woke, so they're going to deliver regardless. But we, what we, we've talked about is we... We used to live in upstate New York. I used to work downtown Manhattan. And, you know, you come to conclusion that the city cannot sustain itself. It needs power from the suburbs. It needs its reservoirs, right? All New York State is all reservoirs. All the goods and services, for the most part, it used to produce it, right? Years ago, you know, all those areas used to produce their own products. But now they're they're just yuppies living there. So, Really, if we were to cut them off, they would they would implode on themselves because they couldn't even get their garbage out of New York City to up to New York State where they truck it to. So, you know, like I said, power reservoirs, everything is required for these cities. And if we wanted to boycott all these cities, I believe we could if we're owner operators and we have enough resources. You know, uh, I, I'm we're a debt free trucking company, so we can afford to to pick and choose our loads. So that's that's a plus for us. Bill, I, I love this, and and I hope that it, I hope it works. And I'm not sure how long the boycott's going to go on, but but again, it's it's a way to send a message that you know what? Fine, you're going to go after Trump. Okay, no more groceries for you. Amen, brother. All right, Bill, appreciate that call. Thanks for the intel there. Uh, let's go to Greg in Georgia, WDUN, our great station there. Hi, Greg. What say you? Hello, Greg. Hello? All right, you're on the air, Greg. What say you, real quick? Okay, well, you know, since they vote for their Democrats and they vote for the green agenda all the time, so they don't need gas. Can't they ride their bicycles? They can they can go out there and eat their strawberries off the porch. You know, they don't they don't need toilet paper, they can use leaves. Well they you just know? yeah, they I mean there are a few trees that grow in Brooklyn, but I don't think there are that many, Greg. I, <laughs> that may not last long. I don't think they realize it doesn't take 100 trucks to screw things up. All it takes is a handful. If a store is counting on this truck driver, That's all it. it takes is one truck, and it'll mess up a whole lot of people. Greg, I promise you. Greg, you're not kidding, and, and I'm not sure that the libs understand, because the libs right now are mocking the truck drivers, saying, oh, well, we'll just get the illegals. Okay, well, that's all well and good, but they've got to pass the clearance, security clearances. They don't speak English. they got to know how to speak some English. Uh, yeah, that's not going to work. So I, I think the libs are about to find out a, a very tough lesson. All There's right. no company out there going to put them in a $100,000 rig without knowing that they can drive. Greg, you're a 1,000% accurate there. we got to run. I'm super late for a break here, but you're, you're absolutely right. All right, folks, uh, going to break. Lines now open, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Do you like this idea? Let's just boycott the blue cities. 
Los Angeles, Chicago, Seattle, New York City. I'm good with that. 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Such an honor that you have chosen to hang out with us. Uh, just uh, some housekeeping. Um, we're gonna. I will be out for the remainder of the week, heading to the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, and uh, we're going to be doing a lot of pre pre interviews for my new book, which will be in bookstores. Uh, it's going to be. We're exactly one month away today. So one month away, and uh, March 19th, the new book called Twilight's Last Gleaming, Can America Be Saved? And uh, it's going to be, and the answer to that is yes, by the way, but I show you how in this book, and it is such, it was such a fun book to write, and, and I think you are really going to be encouraged, entertained, and dare I say there are some belly laughs. My favorite story in the book, I, I do a parody chapter of The Rapture, as it is being covered live on CNN because there's no one left in the newsrooms at Newsmax or Fox. And there's a little bit of a nuance in that chapter. You're going to love it, though. All that to say that, ladies and gentlemen, in spite of all of the chaos that is out there in the culture right now, I have hope in America, and I have hope because of you. The great listeners of this radio program, you folks inspire me every single day. And I know it can get a little, I know it gets a little squirrely sometimes, but it's going to be okay. And it, it has to be okay because this is it, right? We, where are we going to go from America? So that's why we do this every single day on the radio. Uh, we are this conservative blowtorch. And I'm telling you that, that conservative talk radio is under the gun right now. But the good news here is that I own my own radio station. So as long as as long as I own this radio station, we will continue to broadcast truth across this great nation of ours. And that's going to be important because of the news coming out last week that George Soros has just purchased Odyssey, which is one of the nation's largest radio conglomerates. And that means a lot of talk radio hosts are about to uh, get marching orders from George Soros. 
And that is a very dangerous proposition. Good news is I'm not one of them because we set our own path here, folks, and that's what we do. So I can promise you this. There will be at least one radio station in America that is still a defender of the gun-toting, Bible-clinging, flag-waving patriots of this great country. I can promise you that. All right, uh, let's go back to the phones here. North Carolina, Jim, listening to us on the great WSIC. Hi, Jim, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd, how are you? I'm well, thank you for asking. Good. Uh, Yeah, I just want to say, uh, you know, in the famous words of uh, Marie Antoinette, let him eat cake. Two can play this game. Yeah, Jim, I'm with you. Jim, do you think it's wrong? Because, you know, I'll be getting messages from the sweet church ladies, and they're like, Todd, you just have to be a forgiving heart. You have to have a forgiving heart, Todd. That's what Jesus would have done. Yeah, but, you know, even Jesus went in and turned the tables upside down in the temple, Jim. Right, I know that. So, uh, but like I say, two can play this game. You know, we got to get nasty and dirty just like conservatives do, or the uh, liberals do. You know, conservatives are supposed to bend over and drop their drawers. You know, that happens all the time. And as far as George Soros is concerned, you know, Hungary doesn't even allow him back into the country. He's a bad man, Jim. He is. A very, very bad man. Very bad. You know, and we've got a lot of snipers that are out of work. So that's all I'm on to say. Well, yeah, I'm not sure what that's all about. We don't condone any violence on this program. And uh, I will say this, and Jim, appreciate the call. Uh, we are a peaceful people, period. That doesn't mean we can't boycott, though. And I love this idea. I love the idea of just sticking it right back to the libtards. That's what we got to do here, folks. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901 901- Two six zero five nine two six, and I'm hearing something. I don't know what is that. I'm hearing something in the uh, in the building right now, so or in the uh, studio. We'll find out what that's all about here momentarily. Um, all right. Um, again, nine zero one two six zero five nine two six is our number. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We got all that squirreled away and worked out. Uh, Welcome, everybody. Hope you're doing great today on this President's Day. I will say this, and um, the greatest presidents of our time, Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, period. That's it. You know, a lot of these Democrats love FDR. Look what FDR did. FDR, FDR set the stage for the communist growth in America. And Lyndon Johnson, by the way, old Lyndon Johnson, everybody on the on the left loves LBJ. But LG, LBJ just solidified and, and really helped root and water the birth of communism in this country. And an entire just generation, generation after generation and generation of people that are literally relying upon the government for everything. We, uh, over the weekend uh, here at Memphis, we had uh, these uh, road takeovers. Uh, I don't know if you've seen these things. Uh, they happen in, in some of the larger cities out there. And um, y- y- we had hundreds of cars. 
and uh, the, the, they have the young thugs out there, and the thuglings and the thuggets, all of them. And they're doing street races, they're doing donuts, and it's pretty terrifying. If you're caught up in one of these, it can be a pretty terrifying thing and very dangerous as well. And we um, we were talking about this um, on KWAM, and they have a great website group called Stop Memphis Crime. You got to check it out. And anyway, people are really um, frightened. Uh, some people said they called 911, but the police said they were overwhelmed. There was nothing they could really do. And if that's the case, then bring in the National Guard. And if you can't, if the National Guard's not enough, you know, someone made the interesting observation: Memphis is is no longer just like the, a third world. They they would say Memphis is the Detroit of the South. No, Memphis is like Mogadishu. It's it's unbelievable the level of violence here. It's just insane, and we have a mayor who's completely clueless. So you have these people out there now, and the argument is, well, we just we just got to give them young people something to do. The reason why they out there carjacking you, and the reason they out there uh, doing the sliding on the interstate is because they got nothing to do. Really? Have you ever heard of something called a, I don't know, library? Public library? Taxpayer funded, by the way. Yeah, but them children don't want to read. No, we we gotta have we gotta have community centers, state of the art community. This, these are what the the activists are saying. We gotta have the community. All right, we're building multi million dollar community centers all across Memphis, Tennessee. Million, tens of millions of dollars, state of the art. Had a rap artist come in and actually built this beautiful state of the art basketball court. You know what they did? They burned down the basketball court. They did. Just over the weekend, there's a city gear, and they've been threatening to remove all of their stores from the Memphis area, and I don't know what's stopping them. Over the weekend, you had a couple of these young scholars walk in there, and they are literally walking out with thousands of dollars in shoes and apparel. An interesting observation, because they're saying they're po. It's just po. It's poverty. They live in poverty. And they're just doing this because they have to eat. Okay, well, unless they're going to, I don't know, put soup in the shoe. I don't. Explain to me how that works. So I just made an interesting observation, and I caused a bit of a kerfuffle among the, um, among the, the ruling class. I pointed out that if, in fact, this is about poverty, right, and about getting, getting ahead of, how is it that they're never stealing work boots, right? It's They're never stealing something that they could actually use out on a job site somewhere. How, how, is, that, how is that possible? I'm just throwing that out there. But by the way, this is, and this has nothing to do with, with race. They're trying to make it about race. And I point to the mayor of Kansas City, and the mayor of Kansas City is very upset because now um, the governor has been calling the people who shot up the Super Bowl celebration thugs, right? That's no, I'm not making this up. So the governor of of uh, of Missouri said, "Hey, these people are nothing more than thugs," and he says, "We're not going to let a bunch of thugs, you know, dictate how we live." Now this is interesting because 
the word thug has no racial connotation. Somebody just woke up one day. Wow. Um, we all make, we all make thug. Thug is a racist word that you can't call people thugs. Okay. Well, who, who makes that decision? Could you, I would love to meet whatever office makes the decision that words somehow become racist. But anyway, somebody decided that the word thug is now racist. I don't believe it is. When you look at the definition, it is not a racist word. But now the mayor of, so the mayor of, of Kansas City is coming out, and he's just enraged over this. How dare you, I say, how dare you call these fine, upstanding homies thugs? And I'm sitting here going, wait a second. Um, first of all, and the mayor is saying this is all about race, right? So first of all, how does he even know that those individuals happen to be um, black? How does he know skin color? Because they haven't released any information. None whatsoever. And they're not. And you know why? Because the shooters were non-white. I'll give you that much. So the mayor is out there, and he's saying, we've got to stop calling. We've got to stop calling these people thugs. Well, he is only partially right. They're actually murderous thugs. But a thug is a thug, Mr. Mayor. I've got to read these quotes to you. The mayor said, I have respect for the governor. We get along well. I disagree strongly with how he would describe the situation. I certainly do think this was criminal activity. It was lawlessness, and I think that's troubling. But thugs is a dog whistle in the most classic sense. Really? Really. Is that true? Is the word thug a dog whistle? The mayor goes on. I've seen this dog whistle time and time again. There's this kind of giant conservative theory on social media now that the reason these mugshots have not been shown is because the purported defendants are black. And if it were a white defendant, we would have just shown them. That is absolutely preposterous. Really, Mr. Mayor. So where are the mugshots? And by the way, on this radio program, we've never said anything about the skin color of the gunmen, only to say they were not white people. Because if they were, in fact, white, if they were of the Caucasian persuasion, we would know their names. We would know everything about them. Their their faces would be plastered everywhere. There would be people marching in the streets. But you know what's very interesting here, folks? Have you noticed something about the Kansas City shooting? It's completely disappeared from the national media. Just like the shooting at Lakewood Church completely disappeared after, but it only, look, it was wall-to-wall coverage. They're literally, the networks are literally sending their anchors in, in limousines to the airport so they can board private jets so they can broadcast breathlessly from Kansas City and from Houston. But as soon as they got there, they got word that the shooter in, in in Houston was transgender, and then the shooters in Kansas City were non-white. And so they said, uh-oh, return to base. Nothing to see here, folks. Got to just move on along. And that's what's happened here. Even CNN, the most profane name, even the people over at CNN are just sort of bewildered by the lack of information coming from police in Kansas City. I mean, we are days past it, and we know nothing about the shooters, nothing about the motive, nothing at all. 
I know that Ann Coulter uh, was uh, on Bill Maher's show, and Ann Coulter was weighing in on all of this, and she actually predicted it. She must be listening to the show because we were talking about this last week. Cut one. I mean, we don't know who did this shooting, by the way, the, the, the Super Bowl shooting. We have we, some idea. What? If it were a white man shooting, we'd know. Who? Well, we don't know. But they, I mean, they That's how we know it's not a white man. I can tell you that much. Do you think they're, they're repressing that reporting? They wouldn't tell us about the um, transgender woman that shot up the Christian school for, what, like a year? Um, oh, San Bernardino out here. Remember the crazy terrorist Muslims? I, that's when I first noticed, hmm, they're not telling us who it is. I, it's not a white male. The longer they go without telling you, it's not a white male. Okay, well, we don't, for this one, for right now, as of Friday night, February 16th, we, know. we don't, we don't officially know. Okay, you know, you have special powers. Um, but. Well, I mean, they can laugh all they want to, but it's true. It's true. TMZ, by the way, now reporting that the, um, the gunmen are, in fact, young scholars, as they say. Um, let's go to James listening to us on KWAM wants to weigh in on Candace Owens. James, and I'm not, I'm not familiar with the Chicago statement. What is Candace Owens saying? Well, uh, I, w- I was, uh, Laura Ingram had her on her show along with Leo Terrell. I don't know if you know him. I know Leo. He yeah. Black, one of the, yeah. But he really went off and I, I didn't like what he did because Candace Owens is, is exactly right when she said, the Democratic Party do not want black folks to succeed. I said the same that dumb thing because all you have to look at the condition of black people supporting the Democratic Party. So if somebody wants you to succeed and you can't hear, he didn't like conversations like children can't read. Little black boys can't even, can't even complete a sentence. Little girls running around here shaking their behind and the mother looking at her grandmama having their hand like that's such a big deal. Our people are in trouble, and we want to talk about this bull crap. And Leo Terry trying to act like that Canada's own just making something up. The Democratic Party ain't about nothing. I got Democratic Party in my people, then I got Republicans, then I got people in my family that ain't for none of them. And I'm for none of them. I'm the kind of black guy, even when we was teenagers, we were saying, why would black, when those uh, four guys, they went to college, and that's the difference. College people and street people, I know about all of them because I'm a part of both of them. They don't, they can't go to death because the people that went to college, they in la-la land. They don't even know the truth of the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party, just like the Communist Party, it's only the upper crust that gets over. They oh, that's true. The one went to tennis. Yeah, well, James, I know I hear you, and we're coming up on a, um, a hard break here. Uh, I will say this, my friend. Uh, I'm afraid you are right that the black the, the the that the Democrat Party does not want the black man in America to succeed, and all you have to do is look at the proof, and there's a lot of it. Look at what's ha- look look at how they have treated minorities in places like Chicago and Detroit and New York City and Memphis. The idea that children are coming out of the school system and they can't read, they can't write, they can't do math. It's all part of a plot, ladies and gentlemen. And here it goes. They want you dependent on the government for everything. Hey, got to take a break. Hang tight. We'll be right back.
from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starks. Oh, yeah. Come on, this here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, Big Ben? Come on. Oh, yeah, 10-4, Big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to Flagtown. Come on. Yeah, it's a big 10-4 there, Big Ben. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we got us a convoy. It was a dark of the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is heading for Bear on I-10, about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Pig Pen, this here's a rubber duck, and I'm about to put the hammer down. a beautiful sight, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a boycott convoy underway at this uh, hour. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program, hour two of the big show. And as we mentioned in the first hour, we have an honest-to-goodness boycott, a trucker boycott of New York City underway. These truckers, mega truckers, and they're saying they're sick and tired of the attacks, the persecution of Donald John Trump. They are sick and tired of all of the injustices. And if that means that the good people of New York City will be denied their pastrami, their bagels, and cheesecake, so be it. I want to go right now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, and we are honored to have Lynn Panton, who is a senior advisor for our great president. Lynn, good to have you with us today. Hey, Todd. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. And Lynn, it's got to feel, it, you know, it has to feel good as a campaign to see these grassroots uh, protests popping up around the country. And, and I think the average American, they say, we get it, we understand, and we're just not going to tolerate it anymore. They do. And, you know, um, Trump is extremely humbled and honored by their support. Uh, you know, it, it's just amazing that Americans across this country are waking up to what they see as a two-tiered system of justice. And, you know, if they can't beat him with their agenda, which they know they can't, Democrats, then they're going to try to beat him with lawfare. And, you know, the irony, of course, is that Democrats and Joe Biden are the real threat to democracy by weaponizing the government, weaponizing um, state and local district attorneys, attorneys generals, um, to go after not just the leading GOP candidate, but their, the leading presidential candidate in this entire race. And, and that, to me, and to the president of the United States, is election interference, any way you spell it. Lynn, Lynn I've got to ask you, did, by the way, did you get, any, did you get any, any of the shoes? Did you get a pair of the Trump sneakers? <laughs> so I did not get a pair of the gold high tops. In fact, Laura Trump called me up because, uh, you know, she's a big sort of sneaker collector. I don't know if you know that, but that's a little secret. And even she didn't get a pair. Um, they only made a thousand. They were sold to, um, everyday Americans who picked up the phone and 
and call and I'm sorry, went on the website and, and, and made that purchase faster than anybody else. Um, so it was actually a, a free and fair sort of election, if you can say that. And, um, and so, no, I didn't get, but I did get and go online and purchase a pair of the red ones. I don't know if you've seen, but if you go to gettrumpsneakers.com, there's still other versions left, other uh, Trump sneakers that you can buy. And it's, these are significantly cheaper. It's, it's a fine-looking shoe, um, and I heard, I saw rumblings on social media. There was a special edition for uh, some of the people who are who might be short of stature. Uh, we're not going to mention any of any any names <laughs> here, uh, but I, but but I I am curious. <laughs> Uh, you almost got me in trouble. I was going to say something, but no, no, no. I don't want to get you. No, this is your so. first time on the show, <laughs> Lynn. No, it's. A, <laughs> um, I, I do want to go back to sneaker con though, because I thought that was a fascinating. That was a non-political event, and yet the, the reaction from that crowd chanting yeah. "USA, USA," and yeah. the, the excitement, enthusiasm. What What are we supposed to take out, out of that? And you know what I want to say, Todd, you know, uh, for those listeners that don't know me, I've been with this president for 16 years. I was on the first campaign, the second uh, campaign I was not on because I was actually in the administration and couldn't participate in that. But one thing that I've seen, and we're all kind of new to politics, you know, um, by us, I mean, the Trump family and those who worked for him before politics, we were all kind of new to politics and by golly, we've been drinking by a fire hose for the last eight years. However, <clears throat> I have yet to see any other political candidate, Democrat or Republican, when they, who walks out on stage and instead of the crowd cheering their name, they cheer USA. I have never seen that happen with another political candidate. And to me, that speaks volumes because they know that Trump's the only candidate who's genuinely there for them, not for himself not for the party. He's there to save this country. And that's why when people see him, they just instinctively start chanting USA. And, and that's something I've said before, and I'll keep saying it until the cows come home and he's back in office. Because again, nobody else would have sacrificed their lives, given up so much of their personal financial wealth, been uh, uh, willing to obviously uh, be the sacrificial lamb when it comes to all these, uh, you know, indictments and, and legal cases that no other prosecutor would have taken on had it been any other candidate or any other person or any other civilian. They are doing this because they know that he has nothing to gain from this other than helping the American people. And I think that that's why he's as popular as he is and will be the next president of the United States. And, and I think the, the American people, Lynn, I, I think they get it and they understand they that, that these, these are not just attacks on Donald Trump. These are attacks on all of us. And, and That's he's, right. and he's standing up there and he's taking these hits for us. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to run again for, for the white house, but, Definitely but, not. but Lynn, I think he's the only person who can get us out of this very <laughs> dangerous spot we're in. No, exactly. And, you know, um, we're heading to South Carolina tomorrow. I'll be there all week with him. Uh, he'll be going back and forth. He's got to swing through Nashville on Thursday. And then I think uh, he's going to be at CPAC on Saturday. But, you know, South Carolina is Trump country. And Trump won Iowa with the largest margin in history, won New Hampshire with more votes than any other candidate. He swept Nevada's delegates and humiliated Nikki Haley by beating her without even being on the ballot. 
And, you know, now we're just days away from another historic victory in South Carolina, her own backyard, where Democrats are voting for and donating to Nikki Haley more than her own party. Um, he's got almost every single endorsement of every single South Carolinian elected official. And, and that's got to be humiliating. And the reason is simple. It's that Americans know that they were better with Trump. We were richer with Trump. We were safer with Trump. We were stronger with Trump. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, that is our uniform message. And, you know, that old adage, um, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. I, I think there are a lot of Americans, black, white, brown, green, who are recognizing that, who might not have liked my boss, you know, three years ago or even eight years ago. But they sure like them now because they know that there were zero wars, gas was less than $2, and they could afford to put food on their table. And at the end of the day, that's the things that people care about. Uh, you know, you're you're a thousand percent right. Uh, Clinton got it right back in the day when he said, it's the economy, stupid. And it really yeah. is. It's the economy. It I mean, really what are you, you going to do? It really is. So they can keep trying to arrest him and indict him and attack him and convict him. But at the end of the day, I think that's just making the American people want to go out and show up and vote for him even more. I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Lynn Patton, everybody, senior advisor to President Trump. I just, I can't get over the guy's stamina, Lynn. A uh, couple of, what was it, last <laughs> last year, they he invited me down to Mar-a-Lago. I sat for a 90-minute interview for the new book that's coming out yeah. in March. And it was just, I was just stunned at how this guy multitasks on a level that is not human. Uh, it's unbelievable. By the way, you and me both. I mean, I'm, you know, pretty old. I'm getting up there, and uh, but I'm still significantly younger than him, maybe 20, 25 years. But at the end of the day, he runs circles around all of us, even his 22-year-old staffers running circles. I mean, you know, half of us are, are have coffee in our IVs just to keep up with him and, uh, and operating on a little to no, zero sleep, too, um, I think. He gets three, four hours at the most. Um, other than that, he's surfing the Internet. He's um, reading articles, reading newspapers. He still reads old-fashioned newspapers, um, you know, print, uh, not always online. And, and uh, that's the way uh, he likes to get his news. So, you know, it's always something, always learning, talking, meeting people, always trying to fight and, and make sure that he's doing everything humanly possible. And so are we to get this man back in office. So President Trump is going to be in Nashville this week speaking to the National Religious Broadcasters, uh, their big convention. Right. That in is, that's an event, Lynn, that, that, first of all, Joe Biden did not even have the decency or the courtesy to even respond to the invitation. But what I found really shameful wow. is that Nikki Haley literally turned them down. Why would you turn down an invitation to speak to literally the base of the Republican Party? It, ma- it makes no sense to me. Well, like, uh, you know, Jason Miller, another uh, senior advisor, said that the transformation of Nikki Haley into a full-blown never-Trumper is complete. And uh, it's it's really just humiliating at this point. She um, is getting absolutely clobbered. Um, She's losing to Joe Biden, even. Um, She's grasping at straws desperately. Uh, She's, you know, I I really can't make heads or tails of her decision-making because, quite frankly... She's the only one that doesn't realize the primary is over. So it doesn't surprise me that she's not going to uh, engage in events that um, 
should genuinely benefit her and benefit the people they serve. But that just goes to show that at the end of the day, she's doing this not for the voter and her constituents, but she's doing it for her own ego. And she's doing it for her big, fat, pocketed Democrat donors like Reed Hoffman, who are funding her campaign still to this day. Um, And so, you know, they're the ones that they she's the one that they want in office because they know that she's just another establishment puppet that they can control. Lynn, we got to leave it there. Know you're heading over to South Carolina. I want to recommend there's a great little joint. It's called the Beacon in Spartanburg. Oh, you got to get the chili. Okay. Got to get the chili cheese a plenty. It's a cheeseburger with chili. <laughs> you're gonna love it. So, a plenty. I love it. Chili okay. cheese a plenty. Perfect. Yeah. And the uh, put your cardi Todd. put your cardiologist on speed dial. You may need that after that. All right. Oh, uh, I will. Lynn. Thanks so much. All right. Have fun out there on the campaign trail. Uh Lynn Patton, everybody, uh President Trump senior advisor. And uh look, there's there's a lot happening. And I'm telling you that the more they come after this man, the more popular he becomes out on that campaign trail it is the most remarkable thing but ultimately it goes back to the central truth is that the deep state hates us they hate us and it's a lot easier to go after the man who represents all of us than each of us individually at the same time when when trump is gone who will be there to protect us right which is why we have to stand up and we have to fight that's that's what this is all about all right look we've got to take a break here going to the phones um as soon as we get back 901-260-5926 that's 901-260-5926 you know we uh, talk a lot about patriot mobile on this program and i love these guys they are huge supporters of our program they are sponsors and they are america's only christian conservative wireless provider one of the best cell phone companies in the country. And I love Patriot Mobile for for this reason. They support the values that we defend every day on this program. I'm talking about free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life. And they have a great, great cell phone service. And I want to encourage you to go check it out, patriotmobile.com slash Todd. That's patriotmobile.com slash Todd. Or you can give them a call. Write the number down, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. You're going to get free activation today with the offer code TODD. All you have to do is make the switch. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. If you are a veteran or a first responder, Patriot Mobile is going to hook you up with even greater discounts. Be sure to use that offer code TODD, and you're going to get free activation. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us today. And I want to say hello to all of the folks that are watching us on our Rumble live stream. So howdy do to all of you. Uh, Swamper Stomper says, freeze those semi-loads into New York City. Truck you. I love it. <laughs> Said a few other things we can't repeat on the uh, radio. Uh, Roxanne says, uh, truckers hate New York City anyway, always have. And uh, in the biz says, hey, Todd Stearns, stand with the truckers boycotting NYC. Uh, Go ahead, head over to our live chat, and we're going to be hanging out with you. Just might be able to read some of your comments 
live on the radio. Let's go to William in North Carolina. WSIC wants to weigh in on his favorite president. Hi, William. What say you? Happy President's Day to you, Todd. And to all of us Americans out here, happy President's Day. Um, Ronald Reagan was my favorite. I voted for him. And if he were still alive today and were running for office, I'd vote for him again. Um, just like I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, because I think those two men have something in common. And they're not yes men. Ronald Reagan wasn't. Donald Trump isn't. And I think that's a big problem that we have in Washington, D.C. right now. We've got a lot of yes women and men up there. We need to thin them out. You know, it's interesting, William, the the comparisons between the, the two men, uh, Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. And when you, you look at, at the path and their their career trajectories to becoming president, I mean, it really is very similar. Uh, Ronald Reagan uh, was uh, president of the uh, the union in uh, in Hollywood, the Actors Union, and uh, that was when the Red Scare was happening uh, all across America, but especially in uh, in Hollywood. And and Reagan was staunchly anti communist. And when you go back and read, and I've been doing a lot of reading of Reagan lately, but when you go back into that that time period. For Ronald Reagan, he literally led the charge, and I think Reagan understood that that even you know the dangers of communism was how subtle it was being introduced into uh, into the nation's psyche, and it was being done through films, uh, through TV programs, and that was one of the reasons why uh, he came to fame is because he was rooting out the propagandist that had infiltrated a lot of the uh, the Hollywood studios. William, got to leave it there, but I'm with you. Love Ronald Reagan. By the way, Reagan's a big part of my new book coming out, Twilight's Last Gleaming. And again, I would encourage you, go now, pre-order a copy, and you will get it on March 19th when it will finally be in bookstores. Our telephone number, 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. President's Day. Did you realize I? This is a fascinating story about George Washington. But after he left the presidency, I guess it drove him not to drink, but to to start manufacturing booze. That that's right. Um, according to HistoryFacts.com, George Washington, after he left the White House went back to Mount Vernon, and the guy who ran his uh, farm there, the farm manager, actually convinced him to open up a whiskey distillery. And it turned out to be a, a pretty highly profitable business venture for Washington. I guess politics will drive you to drink. So anyway, he was um, selling or producing about 11,000 gallons of booze every year worth about $185,000 in today's uh, today's numbers. So there you go. Other Virginia-based distilleries were only producing about 650 gallons. The Mount Vernon distillery was known for its cinnamon whiskey as well as apple and peach brandy. 
So there you go. Instead of putting it into a bottle, they just rolled the barrel down. They had a wooden barrel, and they um, that's how they made uh, that's how they made the cash. All right, there you go. By the way, um, we do have a few trivia questions, and uh, winners will receive a copy of the Deplorables Guide to Making America Great Again. Um, Grace Baker has done a fine job of adding uh, President's Day trivia to the table. So here we go. We need to know which U.S. president went by the nickname Dutch. Who was that president who went by the nickname Dutch? If you know the answer, give us a call. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Over at ToddStearns.com, we have a fascinating story. It is um, a story that, uh, quite frankly, I didn't believe at first, but our good friends over at Campus Reform got the story right. It turns out that the University of New Mexico has launched a fat studies program. Oh, you're going to take me home tonight. Oh, down beside that red firelight. Oh, you're going to let it all hang out. Fat bottom girls, you make the rocking world go round. Yeah, that's right. A lot of fat bottom girls, um, and they're letting it all hang out there at the University of New Mexico. So they have launched a fat studies program, and the goal is to combat what they call anti-fatness. According to the syllabus, the course will consider the structural forces that construct fatness as problematic, as diseased, gross, dirty, lazy, gluttonous. And other, oh, wait a second. The very definition of gluttony is you're fat. I would say you're diseased, but your arteries might be. Come on. They say these are all negative characteristics. Yes, they are, which is why you shouldn't be fat. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I love barbecue. Cut me some slack. Students um, are also going to learn how to create plus-sized outfits. So it's like a, what is this, a sewing class? I'm not making this up. So anyway, I don't know. What are they going to be doing, making a lot of 5X T-shirts? Is that what they're going to do? Are they going to start making the dresses out of king-size bedsheets? MyPillow supersized? I don't know if they make that much Giza, right? That's that's a lot of bedsheets right there. The syllabus says if you yourself live in a fat body, try to think about how not only how, how accessible the space is for you, but also how accessible it may be for a, pa- a fat person that is larger than you a fat person that has less mobility than you do. So their argument is that, for example, um, they're saying that obesity intersects with oppression. So if let's just say that you're going down to Applebee's and they want to put you in a booth and you're not able to squeeze into that booth, and if you do, you've got like a big blob of fat that's just like, I don't know, pouring onto the table, right? You have to like lift it up and then hoisted up on the table, uh, they're saying that is a form of oppression. Yes, but it's also a form of oppression for the poor table and the seat. Jeez, Lou. 
So they're also saying, so this this applies especially to the airline industry. And that um, if you, you know, if your fat blobs, if they like fold over onto the passenger next to you, that too is a sign of oppression. Yes, it is for the skinny person sitting right next to you. You tub lard. I'm just saying. So anyway, um, this is like a real deal. Uh, professors are also going to teach students about the fat liberationist movement, which I can't even imagine what that is. The problem is, I don't. You know why we haven't heard of these people, Dylan? It's because they can't march, right? They're too fat. I mean, they take a few steps and then they're out of breath, and you know they got to, I don't know, scarf down a cheeseburger. Something tells me they don't like Jenny Craig. I just, I don't know what it is, but something tells me Jenny Craig would not be welcome in this group. So anyway, um, this is going to be a four-credit class, and this is all part of a movement nationwide to accept obesity as being normal. That's what they want you to believe, that being obese is is, is normal. And Again, I I don't know much about this particular world except, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. I take Calitrin. I walk and I try to exercise. But I don't, you know, it's not that you want to be fat, right? You just like good food. But this is a whole different weird world. And it just seems to me if you want to if you want to go through fat liberation, what you do is loosen your belt and stop eating the bucket of ho-hos. You know, maybe instead of like, I don't know, eating a 12-piece family meal for yourself, just maybe go down to downsize to like a two-piece extra crispy. That being said, if I'm a cardiologist, guess what I'm doing right now? I am relocating to Albuquerque, New Mexico, because they're about to have an uptick in clogged arteries, heart attacks, and of course, the diabetes. You got to watch out for the diabetes. It's going to get you all the time. All right, uh, let's go to the phones here. Uh, Tina in Bartlett, Tennessee, listening to us on KWAM, our great flagship station. Tina, how are you today? Todd, I'm doing great. Doing just great. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that, Tina. Wonderful. All right, here's the question. Um, We need to know which U.S. president went by the nickname Dutch. Can you name the president? I can. It was Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tina, that's right. Come on down. You just won yourself a copy of The Deplorable's Guide to Making America Great Again. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to get it. So, I'm so glad. So it turns out that Ronald Reagan, when he was a little baby, you know, he was um he was a little porker, that one. Uh, you know, he grew out of the, the baby fat, but... Uh, his father made a comment at the time that said he looked like a fat little Dutchman. And that's that's how he got the nickname. I never knew where it came from, but I knew he was called Dutch. And then to reinforce it, he had a little Dutch boy haircut. You know the type of haircut there oh, like yeah. with the bangs. And uh, oh, that's, yeah. Um, yeah, that was very popular back in the day. So there you go. 
Well, thank you for the trivia information. Well, well, Tina, thank you for uh, listening to our flagship radio station in Memphis. And we're going to put you on hold. And the lovely Lydia is going to uh, get all of your uh, info. So there you go. And folks, hang tight. We're going to we're going to throw out some other trivia questions uh, later on through the program. All right, uh, we've got to take a quick break here. Coming up, our good buddy Charles Thorngren is going to drop by Legacy Precious Metals and has some important info to share with you. So hang tight. We'll be right back. All right. Big Fanny Willis was in church uh, yesterday. The embattled district attorney, she was asked to preach a sermon. She should have been asked to repent. Uh, My goodness. Uh, yeah, so we'll keep you updated on on that. But uh, the church gave her an award and then allowed her to preach. Ooh, mercy! All right, there you go. You know, it's going to be fascinating to watch how all of this plays out. But I am telling you, I am telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that Donald Trump, time after time after time, continues to be exonerated, and the ruling late Friday will be overturned. It's obscene what they're doing to this man. But they want to destroy Donald Trump, and they want to do it to teach all of you a lesson. Don't mess with the deep state. That's why we need Donald Trump. He's a fighter. All right. Uh, 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. There is a lot going on in the world of gold and silver. And, folks, there's only one, one company that I trust when it comes to gold and silver, and that's our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, longtime supporters of the Todd Stearns Radio Program. And I would encourage you to go and check out their website, LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. As soon as you get to the website, you're going to see Newt Gingrich, Speaker Newt, smiling at you. want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line and say hello to our good friend, Charles Thorngren from Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, it's been a while. Hope you're doing good. I'm doing great. I hope you're doing as well, doing as good as well, Todd. Uh, it's been a little bit, but yeah, here we are. Charles, uh, we've been we've been following a, a lot of uh, developments in in the news regarding gold and silver. There's a, a CNBC story that uh, came out just recently, and they're predicting that gold would hit what twenty two hundred dollars an ounce and Silver is looking good as well in 2024. Uh, any truth to these rumors? Absolutely. I think when you look at the driving factors, it just makes sense. And, you know, when you see those CNBC numbers, know that they're talking about the average price. So that means that with us sitting here just just a little above $2,000 an ounce on gold, we're going to have to get closer to the twenty three twenty three fifty to average that $2,200 an ounce this year. So that's an important thing to know. What about silver? Silver is a great buy. Um, if you have the space, get as much silver as you possibly can. Silver used to trade 30 to 1 uh, on a gold to silver ratio. We're closer to 96 to 1 right now. It makes sense for people to get as much silver as possible. It is going to be the shining star in people's portfolio for years to come. Charles Thorngren with Legacy Precious Metals on the line today. Uh, Charles, there's uh, also been rumors that the Federal Reserve may be um, and may start to, to cut interest rates uh, sometime this year. Um, what can you tell us about that, and how is that going to help or hurt uh, the performance of gold? 
Yeah, you know, it's a great question and, and what a dilemma. We have, as we saw last month's numbers, um, we have inflation back up again. So in that light, when the Fed tries to fight inflation, they typically raise the interest rate. But here's the quandary. The economy's not doing well. We are slipping into a recession. And you can see that by looking at the companies that are beginning to lay off people. The layoffs are mounting. We're seeing more and more people. And they start in the middle management, and then they work their way down. So the way you fight a recession is to lower the interest rates. They're speaking about that now for two reasons. The stock market loves it when the interest rate comes down, right? But the economy is in trouble. So what is going to be the worst situation? That's what the Fed's left with. Do we fight the recession and allow inflation to go higher? Or do we fight inflation, the true enemy, and allow the recession to go longer? It's a conundrum. And there's no good answer. I wish there were. But right now, it's a no-win situation. So they will lower the interest rates, but it's not going to be soon. It's going to probably be after the summer. And by then, the recession will have already taken hold. You, unfortunately, it looks like a, a Venezuela situation. No jobs and high inflation. And, and this is what happens when you rapidly print money and don't do your job. As we called out in the beginning of this fiasco, when you and I were talking about it, Todd, how, how the, uh, the Federal Reserve kept saying that inflation was transitory. And here we are years in, still with the inflation. Charles, let, let's talk about, about the future because I know that uh, your clients have been buying a lot of gold and a lot of silver. They're getting nervous. You know, the stock market, they're concerned, is, is going to, uh, to take a plunge. Um, where do you stand on that, and, and what types of inv- investments are you recommending for somebody looking for a safety net and looking for that stability? Right, and, and, and that is the ultimate question of the day, isn't it? You got to have some precious metals. You got to be diversified in everything that you have. Be diversified. So in a normal time, I'm telling people you got to have some gold. You should have some real estate and you should have some equities and bonds. Well, now the problem comes in, right? You got to have the gold, but real estate's not looking that good right now. Commercial real estate's in trouble. So that's not something we add yet. The equities markets are rather high. And with the recession coming, they're going to bleed back as well. So what do you do? Here's what you do. You, you make the flight to safety. You get the precious metals. You diversify there. And then you make sure that your portfolios you have outside of precious metals are in the safest things possible. Will they come down in value? Probably. But if you're a long-term holder, by moving to safety, even within the equities and having that backstop of the precious metals, that's how you come out ahead. That's how the loss isn't so great, and that's what sets you up for the recovery. So the important thing, safety. And safety means safe stocks, safe bonds, precious metals. And, and, and this is why it's, it's so important and brilliant because, again, you're diversifying. So if something, you know, if something does take a dip, then you're going to be okay. You know, you're going to be covered, and all of your eggs are not in one basket. Um, let's talk about LegacyPMInvestments.com for just a moment because you guys have a lot of great, um, a lot of great uh, opportunities and things for people to see online. What is the first thing that uh, that you want people to know about about the website and the portal? Here's the important thing to know: go there looking for answers, and if you don't find the ones you need, call us. We'll walk you through it. The most important thing that we can do uh, as 
as a, as a company and a partner in your investment is be there to answer questions and help you understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. An informed decision is always the best decision. We live in a world where people like to tell you everything can go up. Everything's going to be positive all the time. Those of us who live in the real world know that's not a reality. There are ups and downs. So when you get that information, you take those steps, you look at the website, you get that information, you prepare yourselves, you protect yourselves against the bumps in the road. That's why it's so important to start. Go to the website, get an understanding, but more importantly than that, call us and ask questions when you're not sure. All right, and we got to leave it there. Again, folks, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Go to the website, check out all of the great resources they have for you. And again, you mentioned, uh, Charles mentioned the word partnership, right? So they are wonderful people to work with and what a great team they've got in place at Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, we got to leave it there. Always good hearing from you. Thank you, sir. Great to be here again. All right. LegacyPMInvestments.com, everybody. Go check that out. LegacyPMInvestments.com. We've got a link to it on our live show blog as well. You can access it there. All right, hang tight, folks. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starks. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 3 of The Big Show. Good to have you with us. Uh, Following a couple of big stories, and, of course, uh, the biggest, and I think the most... The most important right now is this this trucker boycott of New York City, and it, it appears to certainly be a grassroots effort. But uh, good on the good on the the truckers across America and MAGA world, and they're saying enough is enough. We're we're sick and tired of these leftists in these blue states, these blue cities, attacking President Trump, and they're doing something about it. So I say, good for them. I want to bring into the conversation um, Great American Patriot. He represents Louisiana's 3rd Congressional District. He is a member of the House Oversight Committee, also an impeachment manager in the Mayorkas Senate trial. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Congressman Clay Higgins, good to have you back with us. Good to be with you, my brother. So, Congressman, I want to get your take on this. Uh, these reports, um, social media filled with videos of truckers saying, that's it. There will be no more deliveries to New York City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that coming, but I love it. I love it. That is, uh, that's the sound of, of, of freedom-loving patriots saying, we're about done with this leftist crap, man. And that, that incredibly arrogant, smug, smart-ass-looking gangster judge Angeron from New York that, it, that we have had to endure ad nauseum for the last few months. Americans have watched that man just sneer at our president and it, it announced, it made no, 
made no secret of the fact that he had predetermined what his adjudication was going to be before the first argument was presented. He appears to be a, a, a total like sellout of a judge to the left. He looks like a guy that's been on the payroll of, of like the leftiest mafia in New York that is, is paid to hate men like Trump. And we've had to tolerate that dude for months. And I do believe that, uh, that our Lord and Savior has, will take care of that fella in due course of time on his own. But I love to see truckers of America, the cowboys of America, truckers and bikers. You know, I'm a biker and a bunch of these, these truckers are my, my friends. And I, I love to see when, when, when the, the, the muscle of the front edge, the point of the spear of American freedom stands up like truckers and says, we're just not delivering to New York anymore. I hope it catches on big and huge because I'd like to cost New York $350 million a day you know, over not being able to get their deliveries. I love it. I, I, look, I love it. I'm with you. I, I think it's time to, to put it right back up in their face. And the, the, the reality is those people wouldn't know how to plant a butter bean or a crop of corn, and they're going to be hurting in a couple of weeks when those uh, supermarket shelves start, uh, start going dry. Good, especially because the illegals that they brought into, into New York are going to be eating all the food first. You know, speaking of the yeah, it's true. Speaking of the illegals, uh, Congressman, there's a new report out. I know Senator Marshall Blackburn highlighting this earlier today, talking about the massive numbers of illegals that are now coming from China and the Middle East. What do you make of that? It's been a growing uh, demographic for the last about a year and a half. Um, I've been watching it and getting some disturbing numbers from the from my informants on the pipeline. I have I have people all the way down into uh, into Colombia and Venezuela, uh, Panama, the 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 southern uh, leg of the cartel pipeline that runs up through Central America from from Venezuela uh, across Mexico and then disperses across our southern border. That's the pipeline. Well, you can plug into it at any point, but if you're a paying customer, the drugs and human beings are trafficked north through that, that pipeline network that's run by the cartels. So, and, it, and it comes to our southern border and across into America, where for the past three years they've been being received with open arms by the Biden administration and Secretary Mayorkas, waved into America, delivered wherever they want to go, at the expense of the American taxpayer, and it, it, it caused generational trauma to be brought upon our country. So I started getting some disturbing reports, Todd, about a year and a half ago with, of Chinese nationals. And the Mideast numbers didn't change that much, um, but the Chinese nationals did. And they seemed to be what what they, they, they called with means. In other words, these were Chinese men with money. Like they had money. They were not coming from a place of uh, like escaping economic um, ruin or 
or a total abandonment of hope and then looking for a way to rebuild their life. No, these were young men coming that were well-funded and were not sure from whom, but, you know, your, your, your summary of that would be interesting to hear. I have my own. But these men started coming into the pipeline. And they started, they, as they would cross the border, they would disappear. And a lot of them were going to work in these Chinese camps that um, were, were there, where they were growing marijuana. Uh, but these illegal grows, as they're called, that's on American soil, run by Chinese uh, criminal networks. And these young Chinese men were disappearing into those camps. And my understanding in the camp is that their cell phones were taken, all of that. These camps are in the middle of nowhere. They're basically like uh, slave labor, illegal marijuana grows. But from there, the Chinese have began being delivered out across the country deeper into Chinese criminal networks. To do what? I don't know. But it's a disturbing trend, yes, sir. I would guess we probably had 250,000 Chinese nationals dumped in our country in the last year and a half. That that's a pretty pretty big size military force, if you ask me, uh, Congressman. It's bigger than the Marine Corps. Yeah, I mean, according to our Constitution, we have one army. That's the United States Army. The Marine Corps is, is called a corps because it's it's under two hundred thousand men. So you're talking about a force of Chinese, you know, young uh, like fighting age men that came here. Um, what we refer to as of means with money that's bigger than our Marine Corps. Now, you can take that where you want, but to me that's just disturbing no matter what it means. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think, um, and again, when you look at, at how Hamas waged their initial attack, uh, they didn't go after the big cities. They went after that those small farming communities. The only difference between what happened in Israel and what happened here is most of our American farming communities are armed to the teeth. So, uh, but again, <laughs> you have to wonder who they're going to target. You are a smart man. So I didn't even bring this up. You, you, you open this this box here. So let me let me delve into it a little bit. I was told that one of the theories about a year ago it was presented to me about what are we do, what are they doing with these Chinese nationals coming off of the grow farms like why is china getting into the marijuana business and and what and it was posited to me that they're teaching these guys farming that they're bringing them into from illegal into the country into a heavy cash business selling uh marijuana from illegal grows in the middle of nowhere but that why was it a slave environment like why are they taking these guys and basically imprisoning them into that that illegal grow and it was posited to me that they were teaching these guys agriculture which would explain where those guys are going as they're dispersed across the country and you brought it up that that there's been historical models of uh, of moving uh, you know and an opposing force into an unsuspecting sort of soft edge of of the citizenry, which would be the agricultural rural areas. 
Congressman, uh, real quick before we let you go, um, of course, the other big story, and you're going to be front and center, is the impeachment of the, the, the Senate trial of Alejandro Mayorkas. So how does all of that play out, and when will the, the trial start? Can you give us any details? Well, it'll, I mean, we'll know with, within the next two weeks, week and a half, when we bring the articles formally over to the Senate. That's the way it works. We'll, impeachment managers, of which I'm one, will walk the articles over to the Senate when they're back in session. And then it's up to the Senate leadership, which is a Democrat control, is what they do with those articles. Because there's no constitutional mandate that they have an impeachment trial because this is not a, an impeachment of a president. So they, they could select whether they just table it, which would require a vote, or move it to committee, which would be sort of a scaled-down version of a full traditional uh, Senate impeachment trial, or uh, schedule a full trial. And it, I'm hopeful that my Democrat and Republican colleagues in the Senate will embrace this moment in history where the American citizenry demands a trial whereby men like me can present uh, the, the evidence in support of the Articles of Impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, and the Democrats can present their evidence in opposition to the Articles, because that's what America needs to see. All right. Well, Congressman, we got to leave it there. I know all of our great listeners down in Lafayette, uh, KPEL, KROF, big fans of yours, and uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Yes, sir. It's great to be with you. God bless you, sir. America will be okay. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, Congressman Clay Higgins, everybody, from the great state of Louisiana, and um, we're juggling a lot of big stories uh, with the congressman. And I'm telling you, the border situation, you got to keep an eye on this. Keep in mind that in Israel, the general population not allowed, by and large, not allowed to own or or acquire weapons. That is not the case here in America. So if these Chinese nationals, if these illegals are coming across, and all of them are military-aged young men, if in fact they are coming across, I'm telling you that I think at least – the southern states, the Midwest, will be able to to take care of ourselves. Big cities, um, I think it's a whole different story. But if they try something in these smaller towns and communities, you're going to have a lot of dead terrorists on your hands. All right, got to take a break here. Our telephone number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. By the way, during the break, want to encourage you to go and check out our friends over at Newsmax. They've been running a poll. They want to know who should President Trump pick as his vice president. Now, you can vote in the poll. All you have to do is text the word SKIP to 39747. That's SKIP, S-K-I-P, to 39747, and you'll be able to vote in their poll. Remember, uh, President Trump watches Newsmax, and so he's going to want to see your opinion on this. So let your voice be heard right now by texting SKIP to 39747. We'll be right back. I would be curious, why do you why do you think all the Chinese dudes are coming over to America? Why do you think that is, ladies and gentlemen? 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. All right, time for another President's Day trivia question. Which U.S. president's favorite 
slogan was speak softly and carry a big stick. Who used to say that? If you know the answer, give us a call, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. The American president who said speak softly and carry a big stick. No, it was not Donald Trump, Dylan. Good guess, though. This story coming from Kipps Academy in Massachusetts. Three young girls were injured during a basketball game. They were injured by a competitor on the other side. The team they were playing had a basically a giant boy on the team. He's a big one. And this boy identifies as a girl. We have video of the young man knocking one of the girls to the court. She was injured. The game ended up having to be called because so many girls were getting hurt. It's really fascinating here, folks. You've got men beating up girls, and now this is being celebrated by the left. This is what inclusivity looks like. Honestly, this is what abuse looks like. I'm just telling you, this is not good. This is absolutely not good. But this is the reality of where we are in America right now, where anything goes with the sex and gender crowd. And I'm telling you, it is it is falling apart. Society right now is in a free fall. And that is not necessarily a bad thing because maybe we all just need to go through this so people will wake up and understand, holy cow, we now live in a society where it's okay for a man to slap around a woman. I mean, do you really believe that you would be living in a day and age where it would be permissible for a man to smack around a a girl? I mean, this is where we are right now. It's very unfortunate, but it's criminal. What they should have done is gone. They should have had law enforcement walk onto the basketball court and put this guy in handcuffs. I don't care who you are. You don't do that to a girl, by the way. And I, I know, I know this is old fashioned, but I don't think boys ought to be wrestling girls on the wrestling team, on the wrestling mat. I don't think it's appropriate. I'm just saying, folks, we've got to start having these conversations. Society has unraveled, and now it's time for us, uh, the great listeners of this program, to put it back together again. All right, let's go to the phone lines here. Doug in North Carolina, WSIC. Doug, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Kyle? All right, Doug. Let's get you. Let's get you uh, to. Um, let's get to this question. We don't have a lot of time, uh, Doug. We need to know the uh, president who uh, once said and famously said, "Speak softly and carry a big stick." Oh, it's got to be Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, dog. Congratulations. We just won you a copy of The Deplorable's Guide to Making America Great Again. You know, it's interesting. That's how Teddy Roosevelt uh, described his foreign policy. You speak softly, and when necessary, you whack somebody with your big stick. Yeah. It worked. It was quite effective back in the day. All right, Doug, hang tight. Uh, We're going to get your intel and info, and uh, we appreciate you listening to the program. 
All right, hang tight, everybody. This is The Todd Stern Show. the show good to have you with us real quick i want to get back to the phone lines let's go to georgia bald mountain betty is on the line listening to us on our great affiliate wdun i'm loving the nicknames folks i'm loving the nicknames bald mountain betty how are you today i am great todd and thank you for taking my call even though i didn't get to answer the question. Well, I'm going to try to help you win another prize, Bald Mountain Betty. Is that okay? Oh, that's okay. I don't need a prize. Talking to you is prize enough. But I'm uh, blushing. I'm assuming that I had the correct answer, Theodore Roosevelt. Yes, Betty, you certainly did. Uh, Bald Mountain Betty, you're a winner, even though you don't want to be a winner. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, to, I want you to know that I grew up thinking that Franklin Delano Roosevelt was very close to sitting next to God because my parents uh, accredited him with getting them out of the doldrums of the Depression. And that was before I was born. I was one of those surprised children. And I did come along after the Depression. <laughs> but uh, Roosevelt, uh, that name has always been with me because I, um, I thought the first time that I voted Republican that I probably was going to be struck dead. <laughs> That's how... <laughs> ingrained i had been with the thought that only a democrat could could you know do anything for us well betty we're going to have to leave it there but i'm going to put you on hold i'm going to send you a copy of my book the deplorables guide to making america great again and hope to see you when we come down to gainesville for the big uh, book signing later on this year bald mountain betty so i love it our Gainesville, Georgia listeners um, love the nicknames. And so if you call in and you have a nickname, we will use your nickname like Bald Mountain Betty did. Want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, say hello to the president of Wall Builders, wallbuilders.com, Tim Barton. Tim, do you have like a nickname? Nothing as cool as Bald Mountain Betty, that's for sure. <laughs> I love it. I, I lo- we got to get you a nickname, Tim. We got to get you a nickname. We'll work on it. Yeah, we'll work on it. I'll come up with something. So it's it's President's Day, and um, one of our astute listeners uh, sent me a note. They said, Todd, we celebrate one holiday in the month of June for the entire month, but we only get one day for the presidents. It's a fair observation. <laughs> it, it is, and probably uh, there are many presidents who deserve far greater praise uh, then the the celebration, arguably, uh, for the entire month of June. And certainly, if you look at, 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 even as Betty mentioned, you know, FDR and thinking, man, he did some good things. One of the things I think that is lost in modern culture 
is the the humanity of so many of these presidents and leaders recognizing, especially for some of the earlier presidents, some of their contributions were, I would argue, I think FDR did so many detrimental things for the nation, but it's unquestionable that during the Depression era, had it not been for some of FDR's policies with the soup kitchens and uh, some of the the work they did to keep people alive, there could have been a lot more death. So there's no doubt he did some good things. But as we look at presidents, generally going back to George Washington and then because Lincoln's birthday was also around that same time, they said, hey, we're going to combine these things together. President's Day, we're going to celebrate them. And there's definitely some great American presidents worth celebrating. Yeah, well, it is. And it's interesting. There's a, a new survey that's out and uh, no surprise here. Uh, they named the worst president of all time Donald J. Trump. Um, not too <laughs> sure you can you can go to that uh, you can make that judgment call right now. Uh, I would say he is in fact one of our best presidents. Uh, yes, when when you consider, you mean the guy that helped strengthen the American economy, the guy that helped bring peace to the Middle East. That, I mean, things that had not been done, people weren't sure could be done. And the guy who does that, as compared to maybe like a Woodrow Wilson, the guy who, under his leadership, you have the rebirth of the KKK, and, and, and under his leadership, we're creating new agencies and new taxes. And, I mean, you start going through some of the lists of what these presidents have done, and the fact we're coming up with Donald Trump, it really is a reflection only that there is a very emotionally strong motive for people to dislike Trump, because if you look at his at his policies and what he actually did and what he accomplished, he has a very impressive record, arguably making him one of the best presidents in American history, certainly nowhere near the worst and definitely not the worst president in American history. Tim Barton from Wall Builders, wallbuilders.com. I've got so many of their great books and resources, and you should have them in your library too. Uh, Tim, I know you guys have a brand new book out today. It's called The American Story, Building the Republic. What's the book about? Well, in honor of President's Day, we are going through the first seven presidents. And this is the second book in our installment of The American Story. The first one was The American Story, The Beginnings. And it's really how, how America becomes America, from Christopher Columbus all the way through the revolution and getting a constitution. Well, this one picks up kind of where that one leaves off. And starts with George Washington and goes from Washington through the first seven, which ends with Andrew Jackson. And what we try to highlight for people is most Americans have enjoyed more freedom, stability, prosperity than any people in the history of the world. And the reason really is because of the foundation, the examples set by people like George Washington and, and Thomas Jefferson and John Quincy, James Madison, some incredible leaders. And we wanted to reintroduce people to those stories. And as, as even we look at America today and we see some of the brokenness in America and people are identifying the problems, you can't fix something if you don't know how it's supposed to work and how it's supposed to function in the first place. And so this is kind of going back and saying, hey, let's, let's go look at this again. What, what were positive leaders? What, what did they look like? What were their character traits? And as we learn the stories of these guys, we see some of the good, the bad, the ugly. We see they weren't perfect. But where, again, a lot of people probably would recognize these names. They don't know the stories. And we want to reintroduce people to some of the greatest leaders our nation has ever known. And then there's a couple of them that were not great presidents, had a, a lot of really bad policies and decisions. And then we contrast that with some of where we are in culture today, where Washington, for example, gave amazing advice when he left. And he said, hey, for all future presidents, Americans, 
don't get caught up in foreign entanglement. And, and I'm looking now going, well, we have, you know, Russia and Ukraine happening. And Washington literally said, hey, watch out for that because it can be a devastation to America. Washington said that watch out for, for party politics where people would prioritize party over principle. And we're looking now going, well, yeah, we have, we have sides saying they care more about their side winning than but maybe what's actually true, what's actually right. And you start going through the advice he gave and we recognize if we could just go back and follow the advice of George Washington, if we could restore the moral foundation of America, restore the Constitution, that we could turn this nation around. And that's a lot of the challenge that we give. Wallbuilders.com is the best place to go for people to find that. But if, if people want to know more about the foundation of our nation, of some of these incredible heroes of our nation, and then get some really good advice from our early presidents, the book is The American Story, Building the Republic. Fantastic. And again, that uh, book is available at, at wallbuilders.com. And uh, Tim, one of the things we've encouraged uh, our audience to do is take personal responsibility for teaching their kids and grandkids about the founding of the country. And that's where you guys have so many great resources. And so, folks, if you're looking for good, solid information uh, about the, the history of America, go to Wall Builders and uh, check it out. Oh, Todd, it's so gracious uh, of you to say that. We, we really appreciate it. In this book, just as an example, there's more than a thousand footnotes in the book. Uh, you know, we live in an era and time when, when people aren't sure who they can trust anymore. And we actually, we go the opposite direction. We encourage people, please don't trust us on this. Don't, don't just take our word. We will footnote exactly where this quote came from. We'll show you the letter. We'll show you the document, the proclamation, wherever it was, because we know if people actually knew history, if, if, if they would rediscover their history, they would recognize what the real foundation of this nation was, and then we would be able to restore it. So we footnote everything. We actually have more than 100,000 documents from American history, from really early American foundation period. We have letters and journals from George Washington and John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and all these guys we write about. We want people to rediscover that. Don't take our word for it. We're going to footnote it, help you find it. And we really do want parents and grandparents to be able to save their kids from this nonsense and in saving their kids, ultimately saving America as well. Uh, great stuff. All right, Tim, always appreciate having you on the show. Congratulations on the new book. Uh, folks, get yourself a copy at wallbuilders.com. It's called The American Story, Building the Republic. That book is out today. All right, Tim, appreciate it. Congratulations. Thanks so much, Todd. Thank you. All right. Good guy right there. And seriously, folks, uh, because I, I'll get the emails, right? All right, well, Starge, you said we got to do this, but where do we go to find good resources that we can trust? Wallbuilders.com, that's the place. By the way, got to give a shout-out to our staff over at KWAM in Memphis. Black History Month. Every single time, every single radio station in uh, the nation, they're, they, they salute people like, I don't know, MLK, um, Oprah, you know, LeBron, Malcolm X, this is like the same people year after year. So we decided to throw a twist in it, and our team actually went out and researched, and it was Memphis-centric, but I, I thought this was fascinating. Uh, they actually celebrated, and they had these little one-minute vignettes celebrating black conservatives throughout history. And I think this is um, amazing uh, because you never hear these stories. And what's really amazing, every single one of the black conservatives going all the way back to the Civil War era up until the, like the 1960s happened to be Republicans, conservative Republicans. Uh, there was a guy in Memphis 
by the name of Robert Reed Church. He was the first black millionaire in America. He built his real estate empire um, after the yellow fever epidemics. He founded the very first black-owned bank, and he was known for extending credit to black families so they could buy homes and develop businesses. And as a result of that, Memphis had a very thriving black Republican community back in, in, the, in the day. Mr. Church was also a Republican, and in 1900, he was actually elected as a delegate to William McKinley to the Republican National Convention. Uh, this is fascinating. We're talking about uh, in the 1900s here. By the way, the city almost went bankrupt. It was Mr. Church, a black Republican, bought the first $1,000 municipal bond, kept the, kept the city from going belly up. So anyway, all that to say uh, that there is this great history that we know nothing about because there are people that do not want you to know about that history. I was talking to a good friend. Uh, uh, his name is Pastor Frederick Tappan, and uh, he is uh, very involved in Republican politics. Pastors a great church in White Haven, which is a an area, an, an, a part of Memphis that has a very strong black middle class. And Pastor Fred was telling me, he said, you know, I go in, I, I talk to students, and they know nothing about this history, nothing at all, which is, again, another reason for you to listen to talk radio. And get your kids to listen. They, they might learn something. But again, I think it's fascinating. The first black millionaire in America, right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. All right, we've got time for another trivia question. Oh, this is a good one. Which founding father and future president wrote the first draft of the Declaration of Independence? Which founding father wrote the first draft of the Declaration of Independence? Give us a call if you know the answer, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. That's, I'm telling you, these are uh, these were some tough questions uh, that uh, Grace Baker came up with. So, well done, well done you, Grace Baker. All right. Um, anyway, um, again, we are following a couple of uh, breaking news stories and just want to pass this along to you. But uh, there has apparently been some attacks on U.S. ships over in the Middle East. Uh, this news breaking, AFP reporting at least two, two ships were apparently, were apparently hit. We have no word on injuries or whether or not we have no second confirmation of that. This is just a reporting of AFP, so we will uh, keep you. We'll keep you updated. Oh, Charlemagne the God, the popular radio host, says he's been getting some blowback from the White House. Cut number four. Well, do you get blowback from the White House? Because you even now in this conversation, you're very tough on Biden. So when you when you say something critical, do you hear from him? Yeah, and I think that's the stupid devil because I yeah. think that. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. But we can bleep that I, out. Yeah. <laughs> Because I feel like you should be able to criticize whoever your elected official is, right? Yeah. And and even if I do criticize them, I'm criticizing them because of what I see coming up 
in November. I see what we're facing. So what I'm saying to them is, where is the sense of urgency? You can't keep saying that there's a, a threat to democracy and democracy as we know it is going to be, be, be gone, but not act like it. And, and the other problem is they've always done this with every single Republican candidate. Since I've been alive, whoever the Republican presidential candidate has been, they've demonized. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's John McCain. It doesn't matter if it was, you know, Mitt Romney. It doesn't matter who it is. They will, they will demonize the Republican candidate. And now that there's an actual legitimate threat right there in our faces, they're like the, they're like the party who cried wolf. Nobody believes them. That's true. It's, it's, it, and it's a fair point that he brings up. And I think more and more people are starting to wake up and they're realizing, oh, wait a second. They're saying that Donald Trump is at that threat to democracy. Isn't that what they said about um, John McCain? Isn't that what they said about Mitt Romney? Isn't that what they said about George W. Bush? Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. What's going on here? There you go. It. Uh, I'm telling you, folks are beginning to wake up, and that's a big deal. All right. Um Coming up tomorrow, we've got our good friend Jeff Stein, who's going to be filling in, heading to Nashville. By the way, President Trump is going to be speaking uh, to the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Ought to be um, ought to be a lot of fun up there. We're gonna we're gonna stay in touch, and I will be phoning in every day to the show. Uh, but uh, just because of the nature, we had to do this and uh, get out there. I rarely take vacation days, so we're using the vacation days to go go to Nashville and do a lot of these interviews that will be coming out in the days leading up to the book launch. So uh, just bear with us as um, as we're up in Nashville. Uh, I know we have interviews already set up with Sebastian Gorka, Eric Metaxas, our good friends of the Washington Times, and so um, just a lot happening. And uh, a lot of excitement is building around this new book and the message. And someone was telling me the other day, you know, one of the things that made Rush Limbaugh Rush Limbaugh was he was a very hopeful, optimistic person. And I think this is going to come across in this book that I have written, Twilight's Last Gleaming, Can America Be Saved? Ultimately, we have to answer that question as American citizens. And that's the great thing about this country, right? The great thing is that we get to decide. We can either save the country or we can choose not to, but that decision is ours. And I do believe at the end of the day that we, the people, will make that decision. So anyway, uh, go check out the book at Amazon, wherever you buy your books, pre-order a copy. We're going to be doing a big national book tour. We're going to be telling you more about that in the coming days. And in the meantime, you get out there and have a great day. Be good, America. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.